my work is primarily helping people find their true voice. And in order to find your true voice, the need to connect deeply with yourself and understand yourself and acknowledge your true self is paramount. Voice vibration sound healer, Judith Quinn. That is tough because it means getting through the lies that we tell ourselves. So I think we all, and we all connect with ourselves on different levels at different times in different situations. But to really connect to self is about going through the barriers that we've put up because of experiences in life and going beyond and under the emotions to connect with the source of who we really are and acknowledging, acknowledging the whole of ourselves. That's, that's true connection to self. This is Lori Booth. In this episode of Genuine Human Connection, I interview Judith Quinn, a voice vibration sound healer, qualified coach, and classically trained professional actor. Genuine human connection for me is the ability to, when you feel that there is a genuine connection, there's an ability to allow space for both or all parties to be in that space. So everyone is able to present themselves how they are. Connection doesn't mean agreement, but it means there is, for me, it means there's an interaction and it doesn't have to be deep. Something we do with the Association of Transformational Leaders we meet up twice a year in person. And usually at some point during that weekend, we play the ICU game, where we just stand in front of each other and gaze into each other's eyes and really allow ourselves to see and be seen and say, I see you. And human connection for me, genuine human connection is, is that. So it doesn't matter whether it is the person at the checkout in the supermarket or the love of your life you can make time and space to acknowledge that person's existence and, and have that connection with them, even if it is, even if it's a fleeting smile. And fleeting smiles got me through a lot of the first lockdown of 2020, when I was going on my morning walk in the park and you might see someone on the other side of the road and there's that, there's a little like, yep, oh, hello, <laughs> it's a human being. That can be genuine human connection as much as the deeper, meaningful conversations. Genuine human connection is the ability to say, I see you, whether to the person at the checkout line or your lover. It is the acknowledgement of that other person. I asked Judith if genuine human connection had to have reciprocation. Can someone connect with me even if I do not show any response back? Can I connect with my listeners through this podcast, even if I never hear from any of them? Let's take it in business marketing, for example. I know I can read or someone's marketing blurb or see an advert and completely connect with their message. And other times I can completely disconnect with their message. So I think human beings have an innate need to create connection for self. and that is that is why it can be but even in itself that isn't that isn't just one way to so say i put my message out there for my business that that might resonate and connect 
with hundreds of people that I have no idea about, but I have put that out there initially. And then they're connecting back whether I know it or not. And I know when I'm on the receiving end of someone's stuff, whatever that might be, say it's an article that someone's put out there, I can connect with that because I know they've written it. So it comes from a human being and I am a human being connecting with it from the other side. So I get something out of that as the recipient. Now the person who's written it, unless I happen to contact them and say, oh my goodness, that was the most amazing thing ever. They're not going to know that I connected with it. But I think as someone who puts business content out there, I have to trust that what I'm writing is creating that connection for people who are receiving it on the other end and not need the reciprocation, not need the validation back as long as and I know that will happen as long as I've written it from my truth and from my heart and soul and higher purpose. Judith Quinn said, human beings have an innate need to create connections for self. What is this connection to self she is speaking about? So it's, it's that connection to to whole self, the whole of who you are, the, the stuff you love, the stuff you find challenging, the stuff other people love, the stuff other people find challenging, and being aware and connected to the whole of who you are and being able to then, with that awareness, decide consciously how I want to connect with other people and how I want other people to connect with me. And if I'm connected to the best parts of me, that I love best because there are some of the best parts of me that I know other people find challenging. But I need to disconnect from my need to want everyone to like me because there are parts of me, my, my bigness, my boldness, my brashness, my sometimes loudness that actually I really love. And I know that some people find that challenging and there's a part of me that has to connect to the whole of me that says, yeah, so some people are going to find that challenging and that's okay because I'm aware of it. And as long as I don't do anything to deliberately hurt other people, then I've got to be okay with myself. And that's what I try to live. And that's what I suggest for other people. Most of the time, I think when we, the times when we cause the most damage in our lives, so whether that's to other people or situations that we might be in or our jobs is when we are not connected to ourself. The things that we mess up or the things that we then regret usually because we're connected to our immediate emotional reaction to something rather than connected to the trueness of who we are. In an earlier episode with therapist Lindsay Lyons, I asked about connecting to oneself as a way to connect with others, which was answered with Lindsay's caution about white-knuckle love for self before all else, which she said can be self-defeating. It would seem connecting to oneself or others doesn't necessarily require self-love first, but rather that connecting to oneself may lead to a better understanding of how to love oneself. I think the more we love ourselves, the better for everybody. Um, but I think on that journey, then yes, we can still, we can connect with our whole self without loving our whole self yet. We can be on that, on that, on that road to that and still connect with others. For me, with 
vocal confidence and communication, where this is seen mostly is having the awareness of self, connecting with self, so that we can make the path as easy as possible for self. And that often means knowing and embracing, if not loving, the difficult things about ourselves. So for example, I know and embrace that I am impatient. I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> I Do I love that about myself? <sighs> parts of it, yes, and parts of it, no. But part of that is, for example, in communication, I'm aware that I can be guilty of cutting across other people. I can be aware, I'm aware that I can, someone can say something and that'll spark something in me and I'll just jump off a high platform and dive right in. And I'm aware that sometimes that means that other person will feel unheard or pushed away or not important. So when I became aware of that, even though I don't, love that part of me entirely becoming aware of it has made me so much better at communicating because I catch myself like 80% of the time now if I do it to someone I'll catch myself I go oh sorry you haven't finished and give them that opportunity so I create that connection with that other person because they then feel heard so no I don't think it's entirely from that from where I come when it comes to communication I don't think it's entirely necessary to love all of yourself to be able to connect with others. But I do think it's important to acknowledge and understand all of yourself to create better connection with others. Sometimes we don't need to love and embrace ourselves deeply what we do need for communication is to understand how other people like to communicate and need to be communicated with. And if we can change our patterns sometimes to match theirs, we normally end up with a better result and therefore more connection because we understand and we create that understanding between us. How do you use voice as a way of strengthening connection in your work with other people? Twofold. So I have one side of my work, which is voice vibration sound healing. And that's very much connecting to self, understanding self, understanding self in relation to voice. And that's from the inside out, feeling where your voice gets stuck, feeling the physical vibration of your voice feeling the emotions that come up or the, the emotions that get hidden through voice. And so that's very much the connection to self, which when you then move to expressing yourself or having communication to create connection. So connection is one of my highest values of, of my business. That's and it's connection through communication. And then that is about what I was, that goes to what I was just talking about with understanding how other people like to be communicated with and using their patterns and understanding that it's not personal, it's structural. 
So for example, in a company situation, if there were a culture of clear communication in all companies, where everyone understood that you know, Simon is really direct and he likes results and he likes bullet points and he doesn't like long waffly stories and he doesn't care about the detail. So if you're going into a meeting with Simon, you know to go in with, this is the result we're looking for. It's going to create this, this and this, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And we're going to need to do X, Y and Z in order to get the result of A, B and C. If, but So if you know Simon likes to communicate like that, but your style, the way you like to communicate is to tell a long story and to make sure that uh, everyone's been included and heard. If you can adapt the way you communicate to match Simon, he will be much easier to deal with because he'll then be happy. And then he'll have the patience probably to say, now, I need to give you a few details for you to understand this process. Whereas if Simon were to go into a meeting with Jane and Jane likes the details and to understand why and to take time about things, Simon needs to understand that that's how Jane likes to communicate. So he needs to, before he goes into that meeting, he needs to sit back and do a few deep breaths and prepare and say, right, this is going to take longer than I like to work. But if I take time to communicate in the way that Jane likes to communicate, she'll understand me. She won't feel threatened because people can feel threatened by the Simons of this world. And, um, and she'll do her job better and actually will save time in the long run. Can you contrast how to effectively connect with another person and understand how they like to be connected with uh, and how that's contrasted with being a people pleaser? Yeah, so I, I came up with realizing that a lot of my clients who have the biggest results with me have been people pleasers until they come and work with me. <laughs> when, when you do things purely to please other people, you're not connected to yourself, first of all. And if you're not truly connected to yourself, there's always going to be a sense of dissatisfaction. Lots of people, however, go through life. I'm sure you, uh, with your, your focus on connection, I'm sure you've come across people who, you know, lots of people go through lives not connected to, to themselves. They're, they're disconnected from, from themselves as well as life. And, and therefore, because you're not living your true life, you kind of feel that that's normal. But as soon as you start connecting to yourself, you know, well, actually, what if I did this that I want to do? That would make me feel really good. And the challenge for people pleasers is, you know, oh, that would make me feel really good. Oh, but it might make other people feel bad. Oh, but what if it hurts so-and-so's feelings? Or what if, um, what if they think I'm treading on their toes? Or what if that offends someone else? Or or maybe I'll just stay where I am. And it's, and it's better that I'm a little bit miserable because I don't want to rock the boat for anybody else. And the challenge with that is, especially through the work I've done with my clients, when they have the conversation that they've been avoiding, when they go and ask for what they need or what they want, the response they usually get is, oh my God, that's amazing. Yes, go for it, do it. But they've been held back all these years thinking that, someone else is going to be offended. I, I've got an example of a client who had been given 
given a go of her yoga practice by a place in a studio by someone and this woman had had supported my client and got her going in her classes and she's also a massage therapist and she rented space in this woman's studio but another studio with better space and with gym equipment and uh, the possibility for my client to then train as a PT as well came along and said this is what I'd like to offer you this is the support I'd like to offer you it took my client seven months now I hadn't worked with her <laughs> I'd like to say it didn't take her seven months after working with me she'd been debating this for seven months she came on my seven day retreat and at the end of that seven days she went I know what I've got to do I've got to leave the smaller studio and step up but the main fear around it had been, oh, but if I do that, the woman who runs that studio is going to be mad at me. I'm going to be putting her out. I have a lot of responsibility for opening and closing the studio. She's going to have to find someone else. Oh, no, I, I can't do that because she'll be put out. That's the people pleasing thing. When she went and handed in her notice at the studio and said, Look, I've been given this offer and it's it's too good for my business. I'm, go I'm going to have to move forward. The woman who ran the studio was oh my God, that's brilliant. That's so good. Yes, you deserve it. It's about time your business grew. And, you know, I've got a couple of other people who've been wanting the space. And so, <laughs> you know, when, when you're a people pleaser and you're holding back, you're not just holding yourself back. You don't know who else you might be holding back. So that connection to who you really are, what is really best for you and allowing yourself to connect to your truth and going for it can make a big difference not just in your life but the lives of other people earlier you mentioned connecting to your truest truth the truth inside yourself i believe is how you put it how do you go about doing that how do you connect to your truth Personally, it was a challenging journey. So I've always prided myself on being true and honest, sometimes bluntly so. But through my journey through voice vibration, sound healing, getting through a lot of my emotional blocks that I put up against myself that I didn't even know I had there, I've realized that we have different levels of truth that we live. And when we're connected, the more we connect to our truth, the better. So if you make a decision or take an action based on something that you believe is true at the time, you're much less likely to regret it. So when you're connected to your truth, life is easier. The challenge is we have truths at different levels. So for me, this might be, I think, I believe we have a, a, a deepest truth which is a, a core tenant for our life. So a, a, a deepest belief, if you like. And then we have different levels of truths for ourselves. And if we can get to our truest truth, that's often connected to our deepest wound as well. But as I said, it's about knowing yourself and deepest connection to self. So for example, my story, because I don't think it's fair to share anyone else's. So for uh, my whole life, I had varying truths in relation to my dad. So uh, my dad was unfaithful to my mum a lot. Uh, he's Irish, so he'd drink. And sometimes that if he'd been on the whiskey, that would be angry drinking. Um, he wasn't physically abusive. I'd like to put that out there just because some people go, oh. Um, 
but he was emotionally not present and my mum spent a lot of time crying in our childhood and I was eight when I first found out about the first big affair and the truth that I formed for myself when I was eight was I hate my dad and that truth enhanced during my teenage years and into my early 20s uh, me as a me as a late teenager was a slightly angry young girl. <laughs> um, so I hate my dad was my truth. And it was true. In that time, it, it was true. And then as I moved into my 20s, I became indifferent. And so my truth became I'm indifferent to my dad. So your truth can change. And then in my 30s, I got to mentally forgiving him. And I was like, well, yeah, it was still an indifference, but it was just like, well, you know, he's just not in my, my, my dad doesn't count, was more than that kind of became my truth. But then in my late 30s, I did a deep, when I discovered sound healing and I started doing the voice vibration sound healing and I released, I had all this gunk coming up in a sound healing session tears and snot and this sound which is like a morning song of and um I was like wow what is this and it's a grief and it was this deep grief and I was like what is this grief I didn't understand it and I was like oh I was grieving for the relationship that I never really had with my dad and I was like oh my goodness that's a whole other truth that I'd never admitted to myself like I want I had wanted a relationship with him and I'd never allowed myself to admit that before to myself and then I came to compassion for my dad. And then in the summer of 2016, I went through a phase of not wanting to be here on this planet anymore. And I was doing a sort of a coaching healing awareness process with myself about, okay, what's obvious? What's obvious about me having these suicidal thoughts? It's like, I feel unwanted. And okay, what's obvious about that? Well, it's to do with my dad. And it was like, boom, this was when my truest truth hit me like a truth bomb. <laughs> That's a phrase, called, you know, it's a truth bomb. And this is the reason. It's like, oh, that's my truest truth. I want to be wanted by my dad. When I acknowledged that, my whole world opened up. So that's what I mean by your truest truth, by connecting. And this is the deep self-human connection to self the deeper and better we know ourselves and allow ourselves through all those levels of truth. The more connection we have with ourselves, the more connection we have with the world around us because we're like, oh, that's actually where I've come from my whole life. This feeling of I'm not wanted, I don't belong, I'm not good enough. And it makes sense of so much in my life. So now, now that I know my truest truth, which is I have a belief that I'm not wanted, when the difficult stuff comes up, which it does, I'm in that place because I'm so deeply connected with my truest truth. I go, oh, is this true? Or is this just my I'm not wanted stuff? Whereas before it would have been, I would have blamed other people or I'd have got defensive or, so that's where connection to self is probably the single most important connection that we can have in our life because the more deeply connected to our truest truth we are, the better it is for ourselves and the better it is ultimately for everyone around us because then we create better structures, better connection, better communication um, with 
with everyone else, with the world around us. So that's what I mean by truest truth. Doesn't mean your other truths don't count because they're what you know at the time. But the more work you can do to connect to your truest truth and, and embrace it and acknowledge it, then the easier life really does become. Embracing your whole self and connecting with it may make life easier, but how do we do that? Judith offers one of the many tools she uses to do this with people, which we all can do for ourselves right now. The easiest and simplest way to connect with self is through breath. And so if in doubt, breathe. And if you'd like to take it to another step uh, deeper, you can just place your hand on your heart and on the exhalation, hum and allow yourself to feel the physical vibration that travels through your body so you can just play through that so you can just and it, you can do it on one tone you can play around on the tones but if you're looking to connect to yourself that's the most simple way to start and it's also a really great stress reducer For more about Judith Quinn's work with sound healing and finding your true voice, you can find her at www.findyourwholevoice.com, plus many other places that you will find links to in the show notes. Sound and voice have been used since the beginning of humanity as a way to connect with ourselves and the community around us through forms such as story, music, and simply vibration. In the next episode, I explore the ways sound connects us to each other. This is Lori Booth for the Genuine Human Connection Podcast. More episodes can be found on music platforms everywhere, or by visiting my website, lauriebooth.com. That's L-O-R-I-B-O-O-T-H.com.